John 14. Hallelujah. Man, I like that. Minister Micah, get the music. We're going to do that. Brother Toby, somebody, we, we're, we're adopting that song right there. That's just like, just feels old-time Pentecostally. I just want to start, I'm going to take a lap or do some shouting or something. Amen. Some of you look like you might need to take a lap. John 14, verse 2. Dos, if you're Spanish. Dos, right? Dose is two. Am I correct? Okay, I know my, my accent's probably not that good, but you guys are like, no, that's not Spanish, no. Okay, John 14, verse dose. Okay, very good. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, verse 8, Lord, show us the Father. And that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't really even see that as a part of my message. But let me just say that Jesus is saying that don't even believe me because of my words. Believe me because of the miracles, which means that your ministry, your life, ought to have miracles in it, not just words. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you and praise you for what you've done already and the freedom that we feel and sense even here tonight by your Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would touch each and every hungry heart and those hearts that are not hungry, you would make hungry. I pray that every boy, every girl, every man, every woman, every child would be brought low and you'd be lifted up, you would be glorified, you would be magnified tonight. Lord, that you would touch each and every one, those far, those that have driven from a long distance, those that are here near, those that are online, 
those that are in hospital rooms, Lord, those that will listen even at a later date, I pray, oh God, release your power through these words, through these lips of clay. Bring your unction, bring your anointing. May we never be the same because your word is going forth and it doesn't return void. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you've ever grown anything like a business or a church or a ministry or been a part of something that has grown underneath you where you have to begin to delegate, because if you don't delegate, you're, you're, you're not going to grow beyond your capacity to do whatever one person can do. And it's not God's will for you to do it all alone. Right. took me a little bit to figure that out. And the reason it took me a little bit to figure it out it's because it's painful to delegate. Why? Because generally, not always, but generally when you're delegating something, you already know how to do it, and you can do a pretty good job at it maybe. And so when you delegate it, you're giving it to somebody who maybe can't do it as fast or, or do it like you did it. And sometimes it's harder to, in your own minds, to manage somebody to do the job that you were doing than just do it yourself. But if you don't, did you follow that? But if you don't delegate, you won't grow, and then you'll rip people off. And I have at times been frustrated as I've delegated things and watched folks drop the ball or not follow through and just been like, man, give me a break. Of course, not recently. It can be frustrating being a manager, being, being a CEO, and delegating things to people and making sure they do it because if you drop the ball, they fail. And as I thought about that today, I thought about this, this text. You know, some people think, wouldn't it just be Jesus? Wouldn't it be great if just Jesus was here? If Jesus was here, oh, if Jesus was here. Well, he's not here like he was, but he's here differently. Although the same spirit, the same power, the same anointing, and even calling us to do greater works than what he did. And there'll be many people that take that text and water it down and say that it just means salvation. It doesn't mean raising. I mean, think about what the works of Jesus. John said in, in John's gospel, if all the miracles of Jesus were put into books, there's not a, there, all the books of the world couldn't contain all the miracles that he did. And yet, he dies on a cross and rises again from the grave and he, and he sends the Holy Spirit and he empowers us to do his, his, his works. Which is to me, I wouldn't pick me. I wouldn't have picked me. I just, you know, I just wouldn't. I would look and go, well, you've got too many flaws. You just, you know, you're a late bloomer, and you know, I just, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have picked me. I, I'd pick somebody else. You know, God has uh, chosen you. John 15 talks about that. God has chosen and appointed you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. He's picked you. He's chosen you. Yet the crazy thing, when he does pick us and then we become aware of that, we have a tendency, if he really starts using us, to get over into pride and to think that actually we are something. Now, in God, we're, we're the greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. In God, we're, we're, we're mighty men, mighty women of God. We're, we're going we're gonna to conquer. Amen. More than conquerors, in fact. But in and of yourself, you know, we don't really have much. I, I'll quote Pastor Timothy, we humbly rock. 
rock is uh, slang for awesome. Okay, so we're humbly awesome. We're awesome because the awesome one lives on the inside of us, and yet we're humbled because, because even in our weakness, he uses the likes of us. And then what's crazy to me, what's crazy to me is this, that when God does use us, he has a whole other set of problems. You know, if you look at this text, Jesus, let's just look at this. Uh, Jesus is preparing his disciples because he's going to die and he's going to leave. And, and, he's, and he says he's going to send another. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. He's, he's preparing his disciples and they still don't know who he is. He's like, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And they're like, show us the Father. He's like, I just told you. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like, we really want to see him. I mean, can you imagine? Does anybody else feel like Jesus from time to time? He gives them a glimpse of why he called them. He says he's called them to do greater works. Called to do greater works. We've been preaching along the lines of the anointing. And um, I could go on for every character in Scripture that had an anointing. And, uh, but, I, but I think this will probably be the last message in the series. Unless, of course, it isn't. God wants to put power on you so that you could do the works of Jesus. I said he wants to put power on you so you could do the works of Jesus. And I've entitled it, Anointed to Do the Works of, of Jesus. Well, we've, been ta- we've talked about the anointing of David. We talked about the anointing of Solomon. We talked about the anointing of Deborah at times. We, we talked about all these different kinds of Cyrus anointing. We talked the Barnabas anointing, I think, was last week. We talked on and on and on about those that were anointed. And I said this, you can be anointed like anyone in Scripture if you're willing to do what they did to get it. You see, God's power is available for everybody, but he has intimate ones. The secret of the Lord, he confides with those who fear him. That means, look, he loves you and me all the same, but he'll whisper things to those who fear him that he won't whisper to those who don't fear him. So he has intimate ones. And I've had people complain, how come, you, how come you got all the favor? Or they say, how come she's got all the favor? How come they're always getting the bonus or always getting the raise? Or how come they're always getting promoted? Or how come they're always getting the breakthrough? Why is that? Because that God's hand is on them. Listen, when God's hand, God's power, God's anointing on you, a natural byproduct of that is elevation. Uh, in God's kingdom and amongst men too. As Jesus grew in wisdom and favor with God and man, you will grow in wisdom and favor with God and and man. As you seek him, as you press in, as you walk in the anointing. And so I want to talk to you now at a concluding message that we are anointed to do the works of Jesus. Greater works even. Greater works in Jesus. Does anybody know a man by the name of Dr. Mark Rutland? I know that our Haggerty's... Beloved Haggerty's know them. What a mountain of a man of God. And, um, and I'm, I, there, he does this conference, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to get to that, to get some training for leadership training. You know, you gotta keep you got to keep growing. If you stop growing, you know, that's not good. You want to keep growing no matter what age you are, no matter where you are, no matter what a level of success, whatever that is. Success in the world is very different than success in the kingdom. Success in the kingdom so I, I'm correcting myself because I know what it is. 
Success is, is, is not money and fame and fortune. Success is having what God says you can have, doing what God says you can do, and being what God says you can be. At the end, then in the end, hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking to try to go to one of these conferences in this next year or so, but Dr. Mark Rutland was a Methodist. I said was. Was a Methodist. Um, but he got baptized in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and he got drop-kicked right out of his method. He lost his pastoral position at the Methodist church. Uh, he, he talks about his father, who was a Baptist, and uh, got touched, his father uh, got touched by the power of God. He was a, um, a deacon in the Baptist church. He got touched by the power of God and shook like a leaf in his bed for over 24 hours and was baptized in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and he lost his position as a deacon, but... I mean, you can read some of this stuff in, the, in, in books that he's written, and they are tremendous. Um, but he was so touched by the Holy Spirit, and him and his wife, and I'm paraphrasing it as I remember it from uh, some of the book that I read of his. And he uh, went, they would, they would go to all the anointed meetings and all the healing evangelists, and they would, they would go and, and, and see miracles, and they were laying hands on the sick themselves, and they were seeing all kinds of things happen, and it was exciting. This, listen, the walk with Jesus is exhilarating. If your walk is boring, something really wrong. You gotta, you gotta like plug in somehow, break the devil off you, and, and get filled with the Spirit and, and, and press in. Maybe you're filled with the Spirit and you're bored, and you need to, you need, you need to change that. It's not a bore, Christianity is not boring. And, and let me say this a bored believer is a weak believer. You're invited to come up higher, to have exhilarating experiences with the one who made you. He wants to speak to you, talk to you, encourage you. He wants to give you dreams. He wants to give you visions. If you just get off your blasted device and begin to, begin to lift your hands and lift your voice and set aside time and turn off the idiot box, I'm being convicted myself. Praise the Lord. Come on, he's got, he's got things for you. So they were really hungry and going meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And they went to this one meeting where this great evangelist was going to be there. And there was this lady in a wheelchair. And she was crippled. Uh, hence the wheelchair. And they, the evangelist came and prayed over her. And four ushers picked her up and basically carried her around. And everybody's shouting like she's healed. And there was a whole bunch of hoopla. Whatever that is. A bunch of excitement about the miracle of this lady coming out of a wheelchair. And they saw it. They were right there. And they were walking along with it and realized she's not moving her legs. She's still crippled. And they put her back in the wheelchair. And they went on to say, hallelujah, Jesus is the healer. Well, Jesus is the healer. And, you know, maybe they're saying a declaration of faith. that She's going to be healed. But he was so grieved that it seemed like they were, it was a mocking. It was, that it was set up to make it look like there was a healing that took place when, in fact, there wasn't. And they were so grieved that they, they left that place and, and very discouraged. You know, a big name, anointed preacher who's written books and all of that kind of stuff. And you leave, you're like, man, is this a hoax? But they knew in their heart. They knew in their heart that the power of God is real. And they knew that God had touched him. And they knew that healing was real. But they didn't understand that. And he was grieved and they prayed. And in the course of time, he ended up doing a conference 
And he had some kind of a problem with his heel. He had like a bone spur in his heel. I don't know if you've ever had that. I've had problems with my heels before. You ever bruise your heel? I mean, you can't even walk on it. So he's the keynote speaker, and he's, he's preaching and speaking and praying and, and teaching on healing, and all kinds of people are getting healed, but he has a problem with his, with his heel. And he's asking God to heal him, and people prayed for him, and, and uh, you know, praise God, thank you for praying. But he still has the pain. So, you know, well, maybe he'll be healed later. He's contending. So everybody goes to lunch at this conference, but he stays back. He stays back and he's praying and he's asking God about that. Like, like I, I need to be healed. Like, like, where's the manifestation of healing? Listen, when you see things, let me just interrupt my own story. When you see things that aggravate you, let it motivate you to go deeper. Don't use it as some excuse or a theological argument to say there's no power. Don't insulate yourself from the weakness and lack of anointing in your life. Don't insulate yourself through building some false theology to say that there's no power because you don't have any. Because we can do that, right? So you don't have any power. So let me see. Tongues is not real. and Because if there was, then I would have some. No, you got that porn problem. That's what's blocking you. Just pretend I'm the evangelist tonight. I'm kind of, I'm ornery, ornery, I'm a little fired up. All right, so if you're offended, the pastor will be back Sunday. Okay? And so there's people that insulate themselves from the reality of their own impotency spiritually instead of take that thing and let it drive you to God and make you hungry and they make theological arguments for why they don't have power, they don't have authority, they don't see miracles. Don't ever do that. That's, that's, that's a good way to head down the primrose path and become some false teacher or something because you're feeling rejected by the Lord when actually he's trying to draw you out to get you to go deeper, to break off some of those things and get healed in your own emotions, get healed from the rejection of your father, the rejection of your mother, and come in and get set free. There is a price for the anointing, and if you're not willing to pay it, what makes you think he's just going to give it to you? Okay, the anointing comes because Jesus died on a cross and rose again, yes. But there's levels of baptism and power and fire that only come by, a, by seeking Him, by pressing in, by setting yourself apart, by, by having a prayer life, an intimacy with Him. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I really do. We are called, we are anointed to do greater works than Jesus. Now don't look at me with a heretical look. Nobody can do more works than Jesus. Let me just qualify that in a second, but back to my story. So he allowed that to press him as all the preachers and all the people went to lunch at the conference, which we love lunching during conferences. Somebody say amen. amen. But he stayed in the altar and he prayed. And him and one other boy was there, a teenage boy who had Down syndrome. You heard the story? He's a Down syndrome young lad. And uh, while he's praying and talking to the Lord, he's up front crying out, God, where, 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 is, where is your power? Where is your power? Lord, heal me. And he hears in the background as he's praying this little, this little boy playing, you know, I don't know. All he heard him saying was bang, bang. So he's playing guns or he's hunting something or he, you know, every so often he'd pop up behind the pew and, and be like, bang, bang. And then he'd disappear. And so Dr. Mark would continue to pray, and then he'd pop up somewhere else, bang, bang! 
And the little boy got closer and closer and closer and closer. And soon he's like right here. He pops out and he says, bang, bang. And uh, Dr. Mark, a man of compassion, starts talking to him. He says, oh, how are you? He says, oh, I'm fine. He says, you know, I have a pain in my heel. Would you pray for me? And the boy laid hands on him and said, Jesus, heal. Bang, bang. He got healed. He got healed. God wants to use you. God wants to anoint you to bring healing. And it doesn't matter what condition or intelligence you think you have. Some of you are way beyond, way, way too educated for your own intellect. You can have more degrees in the thermometer and have no anointing to be able to heal or bring breakthrough or deliverance. It's not about what, what your experience is or where you came from or what your background is or whether your daddy did or whether you didn't have a daddy or whether your mama did or whether you didn't have a mom or know who your mom was. It doesn't matter where you've been through. or, or you, Come on, if you're told you were an accident, there are none. It doesn't matter your background, how silver spoon in your mouth or no spoon. God wants to anoint you to do the works of Jesus and greater works than these. So he's preparing his disciples. They don't know who he is. Back in your notes. He gives them a glimpse of why he called them to do the greater works. Now, in the context of what I believe that's saying, some say, I heard a Baptist preacher say this. I heard a Baptist preacher say, the greatest works. I think all Baptist preachers sound like that. Greatest works is salvation. Okay, I'm going to give that to you and say that that, that, is, that is the greatest miracle. Uh, it, it is raising the dead, but it's in the spirit and it lasts forever. It, it, salvation is the greatest miracle there is. So I'm, that's what I believe. I believe that's greater than any other miracle, right? Okay, so they'll say that the greater, greater works, he's talking about salvation. I do believe Jesus is talking about salvation, but I, I don't believe he's talking about uh, the, the, the quality of miracles. I think he's talking about quantity in that he's going to delegate and release his power to a whole bunch of us, us fruit, nuts, and flakes. But you know, an oak tree is just a little acorn, a little nut that hung on. Come on, just hang on. It's proclaiming the gospel all over the world, the good news of Jesus. That Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave. And because he died on a cross and rose again from the grave, you can be forgiven, you can be healed, you can be set free. You can be adopted, you can be grafted in. To as many as believed on him, he gave them the right to become children of God. And to demonstrate his works in every nation, in every generation. And you think about Jesus... I mean, he's in this, if you've ever been to Israel, it is a, it's like Rhode Island. Anybody from the East Coast know how small Rhode Island is? We're talking small, really small area, and yet Jesus' death, resurrection, and releasing his power, and the baptism of his spirit, and then releasing disciples. We're preaching in Alaska. I mean, go look at how far away Palestine is. It's a miracle. And, and listen, I, I don't care what, what, what people say about the nations of Islam and how fast Islam is growing. Christianity, spirit-filled Christianity is growing faster than anything else all around the world. That's the truth. That, that's the truth you don't hear 
because it's not popular. The church is bigger than you think. That's a book by George Barna, um, the, the Barna group. The church is bigger than you think. It was put out a few years ago, but just look at those statistics. They haven't let up. They've continued to rise. So if you think that we're just some little offshoot thing, you know, just sort of clapping our little hands and singing increase songs because we got some cute little thing somewhere in Alaska. No, it's spreading all over the world. The gospel works in every nation, every tribe, every circumstance. Well, you're singing increase. It doesn't work like that in Africa. Well, you go tell them that. that they, they, they see all kinds of increase. Transformation. Come on, stories about vegetables that, were, that didn't even grow, and, and all of a sudden they're giant. They can feed one whole family with one of their vegetables, and, and it's not from radiation. They're not Chernobyl vegetables or anything like that. We're called to demonstrate his works in every nation, in every generation. All right, let me, let me get to this. Positioning ourselves to, to do the work of Christ. Receiving and walking in the anointing. So we've been talking about the power of God. We've been talking about the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, how God anointed us, the Apostle Paul said, which in the mind of the Apostle Paul is really talking about the baptism of the Spirit with speaking in tongues. I've preached whole messages on all of this. And God wants you to walk in an anointing. And I think the astounding thing to me is how many people settle for an unanointed walk. No, they're saved. I'm not saying you're not saved. You're saved, but you got no fire. You got no power. You, got, you don't walk in authority. You don't see miracles. And it doesn't bother you. I don't know. Maybe it's my background or what I came out of. I, I don't know. I, I, it just bothers me. There's certain things that bother me. It, it, it's like a cattle prod in the spirit. Some of you need to be, that's what I am today. I am cattle prodding you right now. <laughs> I had the opportunity of um, riding some horses and at this farm locally a number of years ago, and um, they had a competition of moving all of these cows from one pen to another, and it was a timed thing. You know, it's a cowboy thing, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so how fast can you get the cows from here, all of them into the next pen, shut the gate, and then the winner gets the giant buckle. I was going to bring mine, but I decided not to. <clears throat> oh, I got one. I got a monster buckle. It was given to me, though. Anyway. So, so I'm watching these guys do it, and, and they are, you know, you're not allowed to use a cattle prod. It's an electronic cattle prod, right? And it's, it's got a button on it, and you can, you know, you, you ride up, and, you, and, and it makes a sound, right? It makes a sound, and, the, and the, they get going. Once you get, come on, you get tased with that thing, and you're a, you're, you're a cow. I bet, bet you want to move. Right, so I'm watching the guys that won and moved the cows fastest made the noise without the actual thing. So they ride up to him. They ride up. They're just making the, the noise and the cow's moving. Listen, you need to allow for the, 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 the lack of power and the things in your life to push you to God. You're, the delay that you're experiencing, the lack of power that you have in your life is not a denial. It's an invitation to come up higher. You don't have to stay broken. You don't have to stay depressed. You don't have to stay addicted for the love of God. You can be set free. You fold your hands and, and just look down your nose at me. Well, then you can stay busted and broken and depressed all your life. It's up to you. As for me in my house, I'm going to walk in freedom. It's available for you. you got to reach out. you got to take it. 
And I am utterly astounded at the lack of power and anointing that rests in most believers. When it's time to pray, they, 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 don't, they don't have a, they, don't, they, can, they can't hardly pray. They don't, they, don't, they don't pray with authority. You know, we have had the opportunity of going bedside to people's beds as they're close to death. I've gotten myself in some trouble in those instances um, because, you know, if somebody, somebody's going to die, so hell really is real, right? So I know it is. So if somebody's going to die and they call us and we find out and, and they're not saved, they don't know the Lord, then it's, it can be ugly. You know, we can be semi-offensive. And I say things like, um, you know, while I'm there with a person with a coma, I've had somebody in a coma, in a coma, and they, they say they're going to die, right? So show up. No, they say, no, they can't hear you. I go, okay. Because they can hear you. Because I know they have a spirit, so they're still there, right? So they can hear you. No matter what they say, they're not responding at all. They can't hear you. They're brain dead. I don't know, whatever they say. I just ignore that. And usually I remove everybody from the room if I can. And I get myself in trouble. I've gotten in trouble before. But I say, um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm a pastor or whatever. I mean, I can pull that card. You can pull it if you want to. Who cares? Get the job done, man. So I said, you know, can I just have a moment? Would you, would you mind? And, and usually people are like, um, okay. Because I found when family's in the room, many times nothing happens because of the bondage and the dysfunction between the family members, and it locks up things in the spirit. But if I can get everybody separated from everybody, we get everybody saved. And I've walked in with a, this Taylor coma story, walked in and, and said to the person in the coma, I said, listen, you're probably going to die unless you have a miracle. How's that? That's a nice thing. How'd you like to hear that? Oh, what a comforting pastor. They tell me you're going to die. And if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. So you're going to get saved right now. And I'm going to lead you, and you're going to pray the sinner's prayer. Do you understand me? And there's the power of God fills the room. And I've had, I've had people with coma squeeze my hand and die later, and I know they went to heaven. People with coma, tears running down their face as they pray the sinner's prayer. Well, they're not saying it out loud. I'm just saying repeat after me, and I give time for them to repeat it in their mind, in their spirit. And they do, and they're weeping. And then they've died, and I know they go to heaven. I love the one story, though, about a kid who broke his neck. He's in a coma, and doctors have no hope for him. There's all kinds of problems and kidney, all kinds of organ failure. And I, was, uh, I wasn't a pastor. I was a small group leader. It was extremely on fire and really irritating to be around. Now, on fire people will irritate a lukewarm person. But hey, man, praise God. Wow, what's up? You're like, oh, shut up. You know, they, they, they worship like this, and they spin around, and they, hey, and they shout, and, they, and if you're lukewarm, I'm not talking, I mean, I have a personality to like that anyway. But I mean, in, in their own personality, there's no zeal, no fire, no joy. They're constantly walking around depressed. Okay, so an on-fire person can irritate people. I really irritated people. I was invited to come. I don't even know how I got there. I, I got to the ICU. And I walked in and I brought a, a boom box. That's how long ago it was. I brought a little radio. And I brought my favorite Benny Hinn CD. It's like, 
20 years ago. And I brought my, my Benny Hinn CD and I put the radio down. I put the CD on. I said, it's okay if I play some music. Because I would get anointed when I would listen to the music. At least I thought I did. So I, I, I said, okay. And they said, um, okay. And so I put it on and I let it play in the background. And I said, I'm going to really go for it. I'm going to pray. And I, and I had this vision of what I was to do. And I, I saw myself in a vision before standing over, uh, on the, uh, not on the bed, but just on some kind of piece of furniture or a chair, looking down on the bed like that. And I called him out of the coma, and he got up. That's just the vision I have. And I just went, in the name of, you know, like Lazarus come forth. You know, crazy. Crazy, right? So I have this vision. So I get there, and I had my Benny Hinn music on and my vision and all that. So I, I put the Benny Hinn music on, and I'm playing, and I tell him, I, uh, I'm going to go for it. And I tell the nurses, I'm going I'm to pray. You might want to shut the door. So, you know, the sliding glass doors, and they shut the sliding glass door. And I, I just start praying in tongues. And then it's like everybody's staring at me, and I'm just like, man, this is really awkward. What if he doesn't get up? My mind starts talking to me. You better not do it. You're going to get arrested. <laughs> starts, starts going off. Oh, oh, he's not going to get up. He's dead already. You should just let him go. Somebody else prayed. He already knows Jesus. You know, I mean, all this stuff, just this litany of stuff going on, just yap, 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 like a stupid little dog barking at me. And I just sat there like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do the dream. So I stood up on the chair and had some places like, what's he doing? And I think I went down and turned my music up a little bit more. And then I went back and I said, in the name of Jesus, rise up. You're going to preach. You're going to pray. You're going to prophesy in Jesus' name. You're coming out in Jesus' name. And I said, if you're not saved, you're going to get saved right now. Pray after me. Dear Heavenly Father. And then I went through the whole thing. Amen. Get up. Nothing. Like, well, um, th thanks for having me. Uh, um, uh, let me get my little box, and I'm like, get my little. I got my little box. I was like, well, praise the Lord. And they said, oh, oh they were gracious. So you know, thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I opened the little door. I walked out. The nurses are like, and I walked down the hallway, like, well, that was pretty embarrassing right there. And I'm like, oh, well, he could have got up. Maybe the next one will get up. And I was just like, I just did what you told me to do. And I went off to my car with my little tail between my legs and drove off. Three days later, he got up. He got up three days later. Three days later, homeboy sat up in bed. He says, where's that preacher? Where's that guy? I heard everything he said. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to preach. Ah! Yes. Come on, God can do greater works through you. Can you say amen? God, ah! he can do it through you. Yes, he can. Shout and clap to God. I have preached myself crazy right now. It's 8.35. Heidi, would you come? Play some resurrection music or something. All right, how, how do I... <laughs> Woo! I 
have mellowed in my old age. Somebody try to convince you that the fire you're experiencing is just a little honeymoon with Jesus. That's the biggest bunch of religious bunk I've ever heard in my life. Let passion and fire fill your heart. How to position yourself, how to get anointed. Want to know how to get anointed? Here it is. Number one, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's, that's number one. That's the first thing. Have faith in Christ. Verse 12, verily, verily. I'm not sure who that was, but I think they followed Jesus everywhere they went. Along with someone else, Shirley. Shirley was friends with verily. crazy over here. They're crazy over here. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Lift your hands. in me will do the works I have been doing. It's not only saving faith. There is saving faith, but it's faith that God can do miracles in primrose. It's faith that God could do miracles in your home. It's faith that God could do miracles in your school. You, all of you youth, God's just waiting for one of you to get on fire. Now I know there's gossip and there's naysaying and all that. Just one. Just one of you needs to get on fire. Just one. One will become two. Two will become three. And you'll have a great outpouring in the youth. God's just waiting for you. You waiting for him? He's waiting for you. He already did it. What do you want him to do? Die on a cross again? He already did that. What do you want him to do? Rise again? He already rose. What do you want him to do? Pour out the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead? He already did. So the lack of power in our own lives, youth, young adult or adult, the lack of anointing in our own lives is not his fault. It's not his. And he hasn't like not picked you. No, no. He picked you. Pray, verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. I will do whatever, whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Prayer is the second aspect of walking in anointing and power. 
I push you. Listen, we have more prayer meetings in than most places. Why? Because we have a little bit of revelation, a little bit. I know there's so much more. That without prayer, nothing really of significance is going to happen. And I push you into these prayer meetings because I know that if I can get prayer a part of the fabric of your life, not just something you do when you're in trouble. And if that's the case, you might have a lot of trouble. Something you do is a part of your walk with God. You get up, you pray. You get up and you have a prayer meeting with God and you spend time with Him. And you, and you intimate time with Him. I'm try, I desperately am trying to get the church to pray. This morning we had a powerful prayer meeting. It's about 20 people. That's all. Maybe it was more. Maybe it was 30, but not many. But across America, if you go look at prayer meetings across America, in some places, they've got churches of thousands that have 10 people in a prayer meeting. Not even. And of course, there's other places that there's thousands in prayer meetings. We have to pray. You want, to, you want to walk in power. You want to walk in anointing. You want to see greater works than, than these. The great, you want to do what Jesus did? You really, do, you really, do you really want to? got to get saved. And you got to have faith that he can do it. What he did before, he can do now. What he did at other times, he can do other places. He can do it here, right? You got to have faith. Secondly, you got to pray. Verse 13. You got to love God. Love God and obey him. Have you ever been watching? Have you ever watched TV? And then you just feel like, the Lord would whisper to you and say, why don't you turn that off and just come away and talk to me for a minute. And you'd be like, you don't even like the show that much, but your flesh is like, no. Oh, I'm the only one. You, what? Hollywood has captured the entertainment of our souls when God's trying to speak to us things that no man has seen. Show us things that no man has experienced. To reach up and receive revelation and power. Dreams and visions. But we'll be seduced by the silver screen. Don't be seduced by the silver screen. Fill your soul with pollution, with adultery, fornication and drugs and... yes Lord you know I, I've been I've been married for 20 years and uh, that's not as long as some of you maybe it's longer than others so. and there's times in my marriage where I can get so busy that I forget how much I love spending time with my wife. And, you know, it's just like ships in the night, you know. But it really kind of just happened. So my wife said, you, you haven't even looked into my face today. I know you thought you were the only one. Well, you're not. And so I was like, oh. I can't tell. She said, like, are you okay? I said, I'm okay just to get burdened and pressured and there's no there's no one in all the world I'd rather spend time with than my wife I'm deeply madly in love committed till death do us part and I pray that's not for 120 years and and I and I semi struggle with the fact that there's no marriage in heaven I just gotta go I don't understand that okay 
except the marriage supper of the Lamb, of course, which will probably so awesome that you won't even be thinking about it. We'll know each other, though. Did you know that? Do you know your walk with God can get like that? Your walk with God, you get so busy about being a Christian, so busy about doing stuff that the love and obedience is, is not there. Wow. Can be distracted. You know, there's no, there's no shortcut to Holy Spirit power. If somebody tried to get, read the book, The Three Shortcuts to Anointing, throw it out. You know, the presence of God is here in a wonderful way. And, and it's only 8.44 and I'm almost done. I really am. But I'm trying to get something into your heart. Don't live beneath what Jesus purchased for you. Don't live in some little glass bubble of powerlessness and hope that somebody else is going to produce it. You see, Jesus released his power to his disciples. By the way, that's us also. And he partners with us. But, but if, if you love God, you'll obey him. He has a prescribed way of, of, of loving him. It's called obey his word. And I don't mean just a written word. Yeah, I mean that too. But how about when God told you to turn the TV off and you didn't? I'm talking about that too. You know, my, my daughter, and maybe she's on, and she'd probably cringe if I said this, but she's going through a unique transition. I didn't really know it because she's talking to mom, you know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? She talks to me too, but I mean, she really talks to mom. And I don't know. You're, you're just, we're, we're parents and there's an ebb and flow of how things work. So she's FaceTiming with my wife. How many of you know what that is? Okay, so she's FaceTiming with my wife and, and they're talking, doing whatever. And I'm driving and I can feel in the spirit the depth of maturity in her. And I said, hey, 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 here, give me the phone. And I said to my daughter, I said, I can, I sense something's, something's different. You're, there's, there's a depth. You're going wide. You're going deep. Something's happening. What's going on with you? She said, oh, dad, I, uh, yeah, I thinned my friend group. She said, I, I'm, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm spending time with people that actually believe what I believe and, and live it. And it's not that she wasn't living it before, but she was yoked or had some partnerships or friendships that were poisoning her. And I said, well, I feel the depth. She says, awesome, Dad. Praise God. I said, praise God, sweetheart. Then I said this. This came out of my mouth, and I realized it was the Holy Ghost. And you might think it sounds like I'm spoiling my daughter, but this is what I said. I said, I want you to know something. If you ever need anything, no matter what the cost, you ever need anything at all, anything, anytime, just ask me, and I'll give it to you. And she's like, wow, Dad. I was like, yeah. I said, you know why that is? Because you're not going to manipulate me. You're not going to ask for something you don't really need. And you're not going to be greedy and exuberant. You're, see, this is what the Lord said. And I just found this scripture that says, if you ask anything according to his name, what is his name? His, his name, like, Lord, save save my, my, my marriage. Oh, God. Lord, save my, my, my father. Lord, Lord, raise this person up. Do you think he's just going to sit there and go, well... No, I'm going to give you a stone. You, though being evil, know how to give good gifts to your heaven, to your children. How much more your heavenly? If your son asks you for us for bread, will you give him a scorpion? Will you? How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? You don't walk in anointing because you're not loving it with all your heart and walking in obedience. 
When are you going to be done with that? Now, I might be talking to just five people here, but it is a word from the Lord for us. You can be anointed, and I tell you, we will not reach this state, reach this nation by just a few handful of anointed people. God wants to put His power all over you. Don't you settle for the for the lack, lukewarm, lackadaisical, apathetic walk. Don't settle for powerlessness. Don't insulate yourself from the fact that you don't have anointing and power. Come on, rise up big on the inside. Let Jesus will up deep on the inside of you. Begin to walk in power. Now. Greater works for you to the knees. Greater works anointed to do. Greater works than these. you got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, which is just about my last point. Stay what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? You leak. There's defilement out there. We can share, listen, 12 people turned the known world upside down. We have many more than 12. You get sucked into your fortnight, constantly play that thing until you lose your mind. Can't wait until you get a new skin. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. You spend your money on a new skin so you can fool somebody in that you're an expert so that you can sniper them or scare them to run. How about really walking in some new skin, the new creation that Jesus made you to be? How about that? How about getting so filled with, with God that no matter what demonic John Wick comes down, you sniper him with the power of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God. Come on, somebody say amen. What is he talking about? That's code for all the 3.5 million people that play Fortnite. What is that? It's a video game. Come on, smile at me. Praise God. Holy Spirit. Embrace. It's my last point. I'm done. Would you all stand up on your feet? Embrace the entirety of the works of Jesus. So, but think about that. He was angry over sin. How about embracing that? Oh, no, you thought I was going to go raising the dead. Yeah, right. Yeah, raise the dead. Embrace that too. Heal the sin. Yep. How about compassion? How about compassion for people how about how about embracing touching the untouchable lepers I mean I made a list I started thinking about this he recognized people he honored people he blessed children I mean think about get in the word of God read Matthew Mark Luke and John and when you're done read it again and when you're done reading it, read it again. And if you're done reading it then, read it again. And make it a lifetime of letting Jesus walk up and down the pages of your own heart. And get to know who Jesus is. And begin to contend to be like him, to do the works of Jesus. You lay hands on the sick. What if it doesn't work? It works. What if it doesn't work when I do it? Well, you're, oh, so what? Then, oh, you didn't get your... Ding, you get a little little crown. No, listen, Jesus is a healer. You're the mailman. You're the male woman. You're a delivery boy, girl. You're the water boy. Water boy is an important job. Come on, I've been to some basketball games. You didn't have no water. And if you're playing basketball and you have no water, you want some water. Really, really bad. We, need, we are called to let living water flow. You're a water boy. You're a water girl. Start delivering it. Get anointed. Ask God. Let, let your lack of power instigate you to go deep.
Don't sedate yourself by the silver screen to eat more food. How about push yourself away from the table and fast a little bit? How about separate yourself from, from that bad company that corrupts good character? There's a mighty wave that's coming this, to this nation. There's a mighty wave. There's a great awakening that's coming. A great awakening. The body of Christ that's going to rise. A people that are going to rise. A militant army. An army of believers that are going to believe, take action, and see the wonders of God. We are called to do greater works than Jesus. We're anointed to do it. It's up to you to get the power of the anointing. Did you get something tonight? Quickly now, if you need healing, all across this place, you need healing. You need a miracle in your life. You need a miracle in your body. Quickly come to the front. Quickly, all across the front. I just need ushers. All the way, quickly come. If you want a miracle, come all the way to the front. All the way to the front. All the way up, toes to the, toes to the front step. Release your miracle power right now. Holy Spirit, power God from this side. Right? Lord says that I have put miracles in your hands. There's been times of great release, power and miracles, things that have taken place unexplainable. But it's like, it's almost like the enemy just got on that valve and, and shut it down. But the Lord says, I've opened that valve and there's freedom and there's a release of my power coming to you in your home. There's a prophetic gifting and mantle that is even within you. You see things. You're a dreamer. The Lord shows you things. Your husband knows about that. And, and you know it's the Lord. 
and the enemy's tried to clog your dream life, but things have been opening up. And God says that uh, your fingers are loaded. In fact, if you would just take your finger, your pointy finger, I see you like pointing towards some things and causing them to change. I see you even pointing at property and, and, and commanding the blessing. I see you pointing at property and commanding the blessing and things are turning, things are changing, says the Lord. I heard your cry. I've put authority in your hand. Don't cry out to me anymore. Just move forward. For even as Moses moved forward and in the moving of forward, the, the, the Egyptians were destroyed even forevermore. And some of these nagging things that have, that have felt like they've just been holding you back or delaying or being broken off as you move forward. Move forward in the plan of God. Move Move forward in unity even with your husband because there's a link of timing. Where are you? Yeah, there's a link of timing here. Bring, bring, bring here. Come, come, come. Come here, brother. Come here. God put you together like a hand in a glove. Here, just come alongside your wife. He put you together like a hand in a glove. And it's like the apostolic and the prophetic. And in every marriage, there's one that's like the free spirit and the other one that really tries to keep things in order. There's a divine, a divine enablement and a unity that you are walking in now in your home that you have prayed for. And I'm telling you, Psalm 133, it's how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to walk together in unity. For hasn't the enemy fought so hard to bring division? Has the enemy fought so hard to bring a wedge, to drive a wedge? Well, the Lord has removed that through your obedience and through your submission one to another, preferring one another out of love. And I, I'm releasing my power. I, th there's, a, there's a timing. I see property, and I see you pointing your finger at it. And, but, but the timing is contingent. Please hear me. I feel such an unction of the Holy Spirit on this here. The timing of that is contingent upon the agreement that you have as a husband and wife. If one of you don't feel it, then it ain't God and it ain't time. The right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. And so even though you might feel the strong push of the Lord, you've got to be on the same page. For where there's unity, I'll command the blessing. I'm going to cause this thing to turn. And some of those attacks that you went through even six, eight months ago, a year ago, they ain't ever going to come back. And I'm going to give you divine health, says the Lord as well. Holy Spirit, let your power, let your fire, let your anointing come on some that, that's just like the sovereign touch of God. That'll grow though if you put these principles into play. I prophesy to you young man this. You will always love hunting. 
but you ain't called to be a guide. You're called to guide people into the kingdom. You're called even into ministry. The enemy has fought ever so hard to try to snuff you out. And his power is broken in the name of Jesus. And I call you out of this attack now. I command darkness to cease and desist. I command the works of darkness and every devil of hell to break your hold off of this young man. And God, today, today, the cords of death, even the assignment, that death assignment to try to take his life, I command you to be broken in the name of Jesus. And I call you forth into your calling, into destiny, even into full-time ministry. You prepare, prepare. You dig the ditches and I'll fill them with water. I'll do it. You do your part. I'll do mine. This thing is broken off of you. I've called you. Position yourself and watch and see what I'll do. Even in this generation. Let your fire come. remind you again that the working of miracles is upon your life. I remind you again that you're called and anointed. The steps that you've taken and the acts of obedience. Have stored up for you. Like Cornelius, it's like a memorial. You foregoed some things. You put some things aside. I know what it means because I know the story, but I'm just going to tell you what I hear, which is sometimes tough when you're prophesying and you know something and then you hear something. You know. It's not either or, it's both and. And I see miracles released through your ministry, through your business. And the Lord says, I'm set you up even for some financial miracles that are coming. It's like a, I'm calling from the east. I'm calling from the east, and there's financial provision that's coming. And I hear the Lord say this. If, if you would just make a list for all these things you would do if money was no object, Make the list, because he's going to do it all, all of it. He's not going to leave one thing undone. And you will preach. I see you preaching. I see you teaching.
He's going to preach here. I invite you to preach here. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I mean, I just don't do it. Because then I have people like, oh, can I, you know, I'll let you preach. If God speaks to me, I'll let you preach. You'll preach. When God spoke to me, you'll preach. You preach on a Sunday night. You, 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 get, it, you get it ready. You let me know. Right? Soon. You know, next six weeks or so. You know, not, not, not six months. Really. Unless you feel like the Lord tells you. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Because the anointing that was upon your grandmother is on you. I've called you to revive you. I've called you. That's what you were made for. You were made for signs and wonders and miracles and nothing else satisfies you. Not one thing. That mantle is being passed even to you. And I, I declare it, says the Lord. I declare it. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. Yeah! Lord, we thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You don't know Jesus tonight. You need to give your heart to him. If you're online, or you're here in the congregation. What time is it? Man, I just got so rebuked. I'll let you in on my little rebuke. I've got children and children's ministry back there and workers that are like, oh God, he's going along because it's, it's hard sometimes. And I want to be sensitive to your time. I want to be sensitive to their time and it's four minutes after nine. And I thought, man, I got to hurry up. And the Lord said, I'm, I'm the author of time. And there's certain things that cannot happen if you just stare at a clock and do an hour and 15 minutes and close. So, so for those of you that have kids, the second I close, quick, go get them. Amen. All right. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. First time a recommitment all across this place. If that's you online, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. One more thing now. Let me pray for you. Two more things. Holy Spirit, fill, touch, heal. Break every chain, every bondage. Now just you and God in the 30 seconds that is left in the service, you ask God to help you to move into an anointing. Do not be a regular person. Don't become a religious person. They don't do anything in the world. If you were supposed to get saved and go straight to heaven, you'd drop dead the second you prayed the prayer. That is not the case. You're here. And it's not to suffer. It's to bring deliverance, to bring the kingdom, to bring his power on your life, on your family, and all those that know you. And every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. So, Father, we commit. We will not be seduced by the silver screen. The things of the world, relationships, 
Lord, we embrace the full work of Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, and the greater works. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would mark us with visitation, that you would draw us in, that we would turn off and tune in to you, that we'd put the devices down and step away from the controls. Lord, that we would set aside time to pray and love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to obey and see the miracle power of God put on display, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit each and every day, that we would be your ambassadors. We would be your ministers of reconciliation. We would be those that you fill and flow through even living water. Living water to a thirsty, broken world. Release the living water through me. Come on, make that your prayer. Release the living water through me. Lord, forgive me for allowing, Lord, powerlessness to stay in my life. Oh, God, baptize us in hunger and then satisfy us with the fullness of God, I pray, until we all reach maturity, until the Gentiles, the fullness of the Gentiles, and that trumpet sound, and we're called up to glory. You've gone ahead, as it said in the text, you've, you've prepared a place for us. Until that day, God, we would serve you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, destroying demonic powers by the authority of the name of Jesus and declaring the glorious good news of Jesus Christ and new life and life abundant to a lost, broken, dying world. Sickness and death cannot stand before you. All impossibilities must bow the knee. Lord, that we would be world changers. History books are waiting to be written about a people that would obey you. Let that be us. Help us. And bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen.